Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Mind Sculptors podcast. I am your host, Callahan, and today we have a wonderful show lined up for you with special guest streamer Mana Curves, otherwise known as Chase, will be joining me to discuss our opinions on Unfinity. And uh, we're not going to be reviewing the set, but we're going to mostly be talking about our opinions on the set as a whole. Uh, and just kind of how we feel about the set and uh, why it kind of let us down on a few different aspects. Uh, we also get into some fun Vorthos things later on in the episode. So uh, if you enjoy pro- story predictions, stick around for that as well. Also want to thank our patrons for all the support that you have uh, been giving and continue to give. Your support is what enables us to be able to continue to do the show. I know that I have not been doing a great job of holding up my end here and uploading stuff to Patreon for you guys, Uh, but I really am trying to do that. I did intend to release this episode uncut on Patreon. However, on Thursday, uh, which I believe was the day after we recorded this, I got wicked food poisoning. So I have been pretty out of commission for the last like two or three days. So uh, that has been quite fun. But I, I do intend to get that stuff going back up for you guys again. And uh, hopefully we can have all of that going uh, soon. But if you are interested in joining the Sculpty family and do want to support the show, uh, we really do appreciate that. Uh, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash the mind sculptors and uh, you'll, you can find more information there. It would also be time to check in on our Apple podcast ratings this week, but no new Apple podcast uh, ratings. So uh, if you leave us a new rating over there on Apple podcasts, a new five star rating, and we will read it here on the show. So uh, make sure to head on over there and give us a five star rating if you haven't already. With all that said, let's go ahead and jump into my conversation with Chase. we used to do it where I would have like a script in front of me while we were doing it and it would just make like the introductions like starting the conversations really awkward and Mm. it's just like if I just start recording while we're just talking like people it sounds more like a conversation (laughs) yeah because you know it turns out people like real things yeah uh (laughs) funny how that works I know, crazy, right? Yeah. Now me, I'm fake. <laughs> yeah, I'm the fakest person I, out there. I'm the fakest person you'll ever meet. <laughs> I just yell at people on Twitter and call people bitches and stuff. And then I'm like, oh, wait, mm. I just hyper focused on that for uh, a little bit. And then. Uh, Are you me? Are we the same person? Because <laughs> I'll be like, I'll hyper focus on this one thing on Twitter. Yep. And then like I like go out on my balcony and I'm like. Life is real. Yeah. I mean, that's what happened to me last night is like, I got hyper focused on the like database drama. And then I sat down and Cassidy's like, uh, she got home from school and she was like, let's play a board game together. And I was like, sure. And I had just bought Ascension yesterday. Uh, mm. So I was like, do you want to play Ascension? And so we spent like two and a half hours playing Ascension together. And then we got done playing. And I was just like, I might have overreacted a little bit. I stand by my point, but I might have worded this uh, 
poorly. Uh, yeah. I feel that hardcore. Like, like that one thing from adventure time. My favorite thing is when Jake throws his favorite cup out of the, out of the window and he goes, you see this, this is my favorite cup. And then he throws it out of the window and she shatters the window and he goes, and now it's out of my life and it's not real and it doesn't matter anymore. And I'm like, God, I, I, need, to I need to adopt this. This is good. I like this thinking. Oh my goodness. Well, that, that thinking is kind of how I have been feeling about this uh, unset because mm -hmm. this unset, I know we talked about this a little bit when I was on your stream earlier this week. Is yeah. just it. It's not landing, uh, mm -hmm. for for whatever reason. And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I have my theories for it. And you know, I I said this on your stream. I'm not the target audience for unsets, and I like yeah. kind of know that. So when they announced that they were doing it on unset, I immediately was like, yeah, whatever, whatever. You know, it, mm -hmm. new new unset, cool, whatever. And then they. Were like, oh, but it, there, there's also going to be eternal legal cards in here. And I was like, mm -hmm. okay, but, but, but why? So now mm -hmm. I have to interact with this. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I said on Twitter, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to do a set review because what it's going to end up being is uh, two hours of Pongo and Cobblepot trying to evaluate the cards like seriously and me just being an absolute grumpy bitch because I have to talk. <laughs> but you are somebody who enjoys unsets. I do. Um, I like them. And I, I was very, it, it's interesting to hear from people who like unsets because, uh, you know, you were, you were kind of talking about, you know, it just doesn't seem right, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so tell, tell us a little bit about, your feelings on unsets and all that. Um, I love unsets because uh, they are they're they're stupid, and and I mean that in the best of ways. I love <laughs> that they're stupid. Um, I I love unsets because you can you can see a clear path from an unset to the future of magic, and I never really paid attention to that until I started looking more into card design. Mm -hmm. How um. A lot of things that we've seen in the past have slowly come into um, standard sets uh, of the present. Like I, I, I brought this up, you know, multiple times because it's just the easiest one to bring up off the top of my head. But like with die rolling, you had a lot of that in the past and now you see it present in um, AFR and uh, Commander Legends uh, Baldur's Gate. And I like that you can have a, a a weird sort of place where like the rules don't matter and you get to see like what designers want to do and have have fun with and also make it sort of like a love letter to like the most enfranchised players like having everything just be really stupid and wacky it's like it's like the biggest inside joke but for magic players like mm -hmm. unglued is like perfection for me because you have stuff like um, Blacker Lotus or like Mox Lotus or like right. Chaos Confetti. Like they're stupid. Was Akon's run in that set or was that the the, the second unset? I want to say that's the second unset. Okay. Um, which I also have feelings about because that unset is very weirdly sexual. <laughs> <There's a lot> <laughs> 
there there's a lot of there's a but like I mean it you, was it, the mid thousands, right? Like everything was, in the two thousands were like oddly sexual, right? Like I, I mean I guess Do you not remember the Dukes of Hazard remake they made where it was just like why is this like weirdly sexual? I think it was in middle school, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm 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 an infant. I'm very I'm youthful. For context, unglued un, uh, came out when I was two years old. Wait, <laughs> just like as a hair of context. Yeah. So what year were you born then? Ninety six. Unglued oh, came out. Okay. I think in ninety eight. You're not that much younger than me. Okay. There we go. Okay. I'm, I was I'm ninety three. Late ninety three. So. Oh, um, so you're ninety three years old. Yes. <laughs> I'm not much yes, younger yes, yes, yes. than you. Um, but yeah, so they, they, they came out and obviously like magic itself is older than both of us, but mm-hmm. um, like it's interesting because I like I've tried to play them before, but like one of the things that I re- maybe this is just because of like ADHD and all these mm-hmm. things, but I really like the structure of how the rules of magic are just like, here are how things work. And mm-hmm. then unsets are just like, yeah, fuck that. And <laughs> and so I like that. So from a play design perspective, mm-hmm. like it obviously, you know, as you said, is a place for them to play around with stuff. But when we look at this new set, and I, I kind of said this uh before, and I've said this on Twitter too, I think, is mm-hmm. this set feels like it's straddling a line mm-hmm. and it really comes through i feel like in the cards that came out because mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff where it's like I, I i think the sticker cards are like a really good example of this where mm-hmm. the sticker cards are in theory a really neat card design space in my yeah. my opinion like that's a really mm-hmm. cool uh card design area especially in the area where or in in the era where everybody's using uh card sleeves like Mm. you know stickers whatever um but the implementation of that is add x red mana where x is the number of vowels in that like that feels like a weird thing to have in legacy um (laughs) yeah (laughs) that is a weird thing there (laughs) right it, it's it's weird for me because I like unsets because they are so self-contained and they are meant to be a place to like get messy and 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 be stupid and like have fun with that. Um, and because I said like it's like really good place for design space, you know, you're allowed to do things that you're not allowed to do with the possibility of maybe a couple things escaping through in the future uh, and, you know, and sets down the line when you have um an unset that is also eternal legal. It removes that liminal space of, of play test. Um, and, and it kind of, it, it removes the play test part and it goes, okay, play, there's no test. It's already out there. Um, and it feels very weird to have that, uh, sort of interaction. Like I'm looking at a, a handful of these cards just on my screen right now. Um, and I'm like, how would I feel about this? If I was like, you know, I, I, I don't play legacy, but if I, I were to experience this, like, um, a lot of these cards have to do with stickers, like putting stickers on them. How would I feel? How would you feel? Some of them involve switching text boxes. I mean, uh, one's a, it was a rare legal. It's a blue card. God forbid if I remember the name. Uh, exchange but, of words. 
Thank you so yeah. much for being prepared. I got you. <laughs> you, ex- <laughs> you exchange like text boxes. And that's interesting. That's also very insanely difficult to track. Yeah. Um, in, in, in any sort of, of game space. And that's one thing I had a, a bit of an issue with in the set. Like if it's an unset, you, you know that you're going to be drafting. So you're playing one V one. Uh, if I'm playing commander, it's going to be hard to remember if I have three other opponents or, or more opponents or if I'm in a competitive setting and, you know, like the the game is contingent on me remembering this information. It, it just seems like a little weird to me. Um, I, I I'm not like saying like, oh, it's the worst thing to ever happen because a lot of these cards, while they may be eternal legal in like these uh, other formats, I can guarantee you you're probably not going to see you know, airy elephant pop up because right. no one wants to remember what, what an attraction does or, you know, no one wants to like put a sticker on their card and possibly like leave residue on the sleeve. I know that, um, Shivam had recently fiddled around with some infinity and had made a post saying, you know, like, Hey, these stickers are fine. Their card's safe. And that's totally chill. But like, you know, things do age over time. And like, what if you forget like a sticker on it or like, you know, what if like five years from now, if like the adhesive does something weird, I mean, like it's a very interesting design space, but the impact can kind of be all over the place. I don't think it's going to like ruin any format per se, but it does throw a bit of a wrench into the concept of what an unset was supposed to be and how it impacts how our perception of it down the line and how we play the game. Yeah, It's very interesting to look at the cards because I, I was originally when I was, when I was wa- like watching the previews, I was just like bracing for impact because I was like, they're going to print something dumb that's going <laughs> to be a chase card. And believe it or not, they really didn't. I mean, like, yeah, Comet is kind of a broken magic card. Uh, Space Balerin is a card that, uh, you know what? Actually, let's talk about this Jace <laughs> card for a second. Because yeah. I know a lot of people like to be like, oh, this isn't that hard to track. But that's not entirely true mm-hmm. once they arrive in multiples. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's one of those things where so in how are how are you supposed to so in. These are effects that in digital spaces, I think, work really, really well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like in a digital space, it's really easy, easy to keep track of these things. Perpetual is an easy mechanic that you can in track. Uh, those are things that I I understand in a digital space. They're much harder to keep track of in. Uh, paper. And especially in Commander, and I, and the reason I want to, I, I think it's important to frame this not in the context of Legacy because I don't think really Legacy cared too much about the set overall. Yeah. Um, yeah. but in the context of Commander, one because there's a handful of cards that are relevant for Commander, but two because of the fact that their marketing literally is, hey, these cards are Commander legal, and. How, how do you keep track of this in in a commander game over webcam? I, like, yeah, honestly, I I I was building on on stream last night an Urza deck, and it was a it was um super friends, and my chat was like put space Bellerin in there for the memes, and I was like, 
let me take a look at this card. Cause I remember, you know, like the sky was falling about this card and I was like, you know, maybe I had it wrong. I took a peek. I read it and I went, uh, no, no, um, no, <laughs> I don't want to invest the time into this. This hurts my head. And the reason why is just because like, that is so hard to, it is so hard to track. Like, unless you have your opponents get an infinite tokens and write, you know, it specifically in the corner uh, and then put it smack dab on there. That's going to be really hard to kind of parse. It also is a little bit interesting because do the, do the sectors stay if Jace leaves, does it, does it matter? Right. Yeah. Like are they outside of the game pieces? Are, are, are they even pieces? It's, 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 it doesn't say you, you put a counter, but it does say that you divide the battlefield, which is kind of interesting based on like stuff like factor fiction, where like you take cards and then you put them into two piles. What is, what does that do? What does that entail? It I feels, don't, I don't know. It feels like in my mind, it's attempting to have you played like Legends of Runeterra? Um, I have not. Everyone has told okay. me to. It, it, I, I've been playing a, a decent bit of like Legends of Runeterra recently. Yeah. And basically what you do is there's like you have like battle lanes effectively. Mm. And so when you go to combat, you put creatures in battle lanes and then uh, your opponents will put creatures in front of them uh as they like come forward um mm. the issue with doing that in commander or in oh well yeah in commander is uh mm. there's four players and uh <laughs> one of the things i don't think people recognize enough is how much adding two people i mean hell Adding one person to yeah. a game of magic changes the dynamic of how a game of magic is played. I mean, you have it, you have to pay attention to multiple different things, multiple different board states, triggers. Even honestly, there are sometimes in a game of commander where I I literally will just go, I trust you. Like I I like <laughs> you put a lot of trust into your opponents because there's so much going on. If my opponent went, okay, I, I'm. I'm going to flip space Bellerin and he's going to turn into Ulamaga and be like, dope. Glad you could do it. 100% believe that. Yeah, yeah. Legal. And I accept it, <laughs> but it's, I don't know when it comes to the sectors and you know, even like when imagine like flickering Jace, cause you can flicker permanence, flicker Jace. Do you, do you re sculpt the sectors? Can you have multiple sectors with different names? So can you have like two alphas, but on different sides of the board? It's I I don't particularly know. I mean, and obviously, like you can only get so much information from like you know play testing this. I mean, that's what happens at at Wizards when they design a card; they play test these things. But I don't. There's a lot of questions I have. And scrolling on uh, Scryfall, typically there'll be like little rules explanations sometimes, and there aren't any. <laughs> there's like one of the things that also has been coming up with the set mm -hmm. um is the confusion on what cards are legal and not yeah uh, because first of all wizards has how many times have they they've already done it multiple times 
where they were like, um, uh, no, this card actually isn't eternal legal or something like that. Uh, three. I want to say. Three. Yeah. Uh, like that's already been confusing. So, I mean, like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't understand. Like, <clears throat> what? I, I'm curious. What is your theory on why it is the way it is? <laughs> um, I think actually that they, they've they've talked about this before when Unstable was coming out, how they weren't going to um, that they I heard I take this with a grain of salt because this is like in the memory of like three years ago and I was a completely different person in, uh, in terms of like headspace and also COVID happened. Right. So, you know, grain of salt here. But I could have sworn that I heard around somewhere through the community that um the there was an issue with wanting to do more unsets because of the cost of printing silver borders and black borders. So they had Steam Flogger Boss as part of Unstable, which was a black border card featured in Unstable. And then you had the very dope basic lands, 10 out of 10, love them. Mm-hmm. But apparently there you could not print uh the Steam Flogger Boss, which was black bordered and the basics on the same sheet as you would. Um silver bordered because it was a whole I heard a whole different printing process which was an increased sort of cost from what I what I heard um so I think that's the reason why genuinely is just because it was a lot of effort and a lot of cost um and the removal Hmm. of the silver border reduces that because now you can just do the basics and and everything on the same printing sheet printing press without you know having to do an increase in price because I really don't think that they would have to do much to change the hollow stamp other than have a different like little knob or button to like em- emboss it. I don't know how they do it, but that's how I imagine it is they go right. and then it's done. Um, I genuinely think that it was a cost thing, mm-hmm. um, which is really disappointing for me because I like silver bordered for a number of reasons. Number one, it is a very, very, I mean, it looked nice. It's iconic. It's also a, it's iconic, but it's also a very strong visual cue. I see that card. I go, it's not legal yep. because according to the commander RC, they, they define like legality a lot based on border, um, which is why you could technically cannot play gold border cards, which are those like little like tournament cards back in the day, mm-hmm. like with like guys cradle has like a little signature on there, um, which is still like $300, which is crazy, but I digress. Um, I really think that it was just a cost thing. And so to go from a very strong iconic visual cue to a a teeny, teeny, teeny little dot. And to be quite honest, the hollow stamp is the last thing I notice about a card when I, when I open a rare or when I pull a mythic or something. Um, And it's already such a small piece. I mean, it's probably smaller than like the tip of my fingernail. Um, And then to have it go from a oval to a tiny little acorn is very interesting. And they saddening, it, unfortunately. They also like one of the things that's important to note with that is that like mm. not only is hollow stamps are only mm. on uh what's it called? They're only on rares and mythics. Yeah. So yeah. now there are hollow stamps on mm-hmm. also like commons and yeah like i will say as far as like the commons in this it does help differentiate those a little bit uh mm-hmm. like commons and uncommons because if i see like a hollow stamp on an uncommon or a common i'm like oh okay like the that mm-hmm. that shouldn't be there um yeah but as far as like rares go like 
it's very easy to miss. Yeah. And it's just you have a much more charitable reading of that situation than I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, my my tinfoil hat theory is that the I mean, it's not a secret that unsets have had diminishing returns uh, every mm-hmm. time uh, where they have sold worse and worse and worse. And uh, I think that. Uh, between I, I, I do think like your the cost thing is a part of that, but I also mm-hmm. think uh, part of that was, you know, if you're going to do this again, then you got to be able to sell it. And the design team was like, oh, well, maybe if we make some of the cards eternal legal, people will buy it so that mm-hmm. they can put them in their eternal decks or whatever. And I also know uh, Mark Rosewater mm-hmm. and he has not hidden this like deeply is upset that uh, uncards are not allowed in commander. Uh, I'm alongside Morrow in that feeling. I'm sorry. I love uncards because commander is like the, the format to like, you know, not really worry about. And this is coming from a casual player. Mm-hmm. So like, I obviously do not have the CDH perspective of like, and enjoying the, the, the thrill of, of the, of the build to the win. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to win, but I also like to lose horribly right so <laughs> for me i i agree on that i like i like silver bordered and commander i like that you have rule zero but i think like rule zero is kind of getting in the way of that um because of the whole the whole border thing because i think you know while i while i am saddened by it i get why they're not allowed because then i genuinely think it, it's kind of like that one little piece at the bottom of a Jenga where if you like you tug on it enough, eventually the whole tower falls down. Mm-hmm. I feel like once you kind of get rid of that, the whole, the whole ideology of what commander is, especially like our, the, the rules that we have set aside, it, it'll probably impact that and it'll just be a snowball. I also have a theory that like, is it a game theory? Uh, it's a theory about a game. Uh, okay. So I guess it's technically a game theory. Um, that like in my head, if you allow a gold border car or gold border, Jesus, silver border cards in commander, I think the popularity of commander probably dies real fast mm. because a lot of people that is interesting. There's just as many people who like unsets as there are who like don't like them. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and I think it, it, that's like one of the things where it's like also if you're trying to manage a format that having those mm-hmm. cards legal in a format mm-hmm. makes coming up with rules for said format an absolute nightmare. Because like, how do you resolve? Uh, I, I don't know. P- shouting, shouting, yeah, like shouting. That's part of it. Yeah. Like it, it, it's one of those things where I. I understand the it's casual, you know, but I think rule zero does a really good job of like, hey, if you want to do that, like because I know plenty of people who are like, hey, I have a undeck. Do you mind if I play it? And if you mm-hmm. play it against me, I'm probably going to be like, I'd rather you not. But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but at I mean, the same time, I I just don't love being forced to have to interact with something that I yeah. don't want to interact with if that makes sense yeah. i mean that makes total sense i 
That's here's the thing. I'm a huge fan of unsets. I love unsets. I love I I had had in the past tense because it kind of took it apart. I had an undeck. Um, and at the same time, I completely understand why it's not legal and I'm okay with it not being legal for a number of reasons, because there's a difference between, you know, um, oh my God, like Stet. Stet is one, uh, it's like a draconic librarian, whatever. And she keeps track of like, uh, letters in like your spell or something like that. Like that I think is easier in terms of commander legality than say, um, Oh my God, there's like one, uh, it's like flying head saucer where you put your head on the table or where you shout and you know, you get, uh, and however for her, like how long your shout echoes or something or, or how much, how many shirts you wear. There's one card from the set, like how many shirts you wear, pieces of clothing that you wear on your top or something like it just, there's a certain point where it's be, it's very difficult to track in a, in a, in a finite space, which is what's commander supposed to be is like, it's supposed to be you know, you're supposed to be creative and have fun and like do all these cool and fun zany things. But like, there's a point where I think it gets, um, unstructured in a way, ha ha ha, <laughs> unstructured <laughs> in, a way, in a way that, um, makes it not enjoyable because I, I love the thrill of maybe breaking the rules once every year, like in terms of like, Ooh, I'm going right. to, Ooh, breaking poo, this poo, out. Ooh, heard me say, yeah, yeah. Heard me say poof. And then I get to draw a card. If you heard me say it, Versus me doing that every single game that gets exhausting and it gets tedious. And I totally get why. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally get that. And ugh, the whole thing is just interesting. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I just look at these cards and I'm just like, why? One of the things that act like that I had brought up mm-hmm. and I've seen, uh, Pedro Cicada on uh, Twitter bring up mm-hmm. is the sticker cards where it's like blank the name cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is another aspect of the set that I think a lot of people did not think about until it was brought up yeah. is how this set just kind of lifts a middle finger to non-English speaking languages uh, mm-hmm. because you know, there's a lot of cards where you put a different name on it and then you count how many letters are in that. How do you do that? It, it, so you just don't get to do that in Portuguese or in mm-hmm. Spanish or in, you know, whatever language it is that you're playing the game now. Mm-hmm. And now it forces you to have to play in English, which I think is kind of not chill. <laughs> And that's something I didn't even take into consideration genuinely. Like I, I, I can see what they were, were going for with it genuinely. Mm-hmm. But I, again, that's also like, it's very difficult to track, um, especially with the stickers. Cause you know, I haven't had the opportunity to fiddle with infinity yet past, you know, looking at previews. So like, how do you have the stickers card set aside so you can track it? You know, everything like that. What is it even with other languages? Cause like I, I, I don't know. Like I minored in German and I'm like looking at line, line, line trespasser. And I'm like, that wouldn't make any sense. sense. Yeah. It's a little weird. Um, and that's, I think something that's important to notice too, is like accessibility, which I think also kind of ties into uh, the removal of the silver border is like, you take away a very big visual cue and you put it down to like a quite literally like a pinprick, mm-hmm. um, like a little tiny dot. So you're, you're kind of taking away this like sort of like very visual thing that you go, okay, I can see this. 
it's very large and in my face versus something small. And that can also come into play too. And I think like accessibility is something that probably, you know, I think it was taken in consideration, but like genuinely my focus is so, um, you know, on, on me and my American lifestyle that I didn't think I was like, Oh, Whoa, that does make sense. Like this would be really difficult in, in a foreign language where the sentence structure is completely different. Right. It's, it's, it's interesting. And that's like one of the things that, was honestly the like biggest criticism I've saw of it where I was just like, Oh yeah, that's kind of not awesome. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't know, like unsanctioned is fine. Like I don't mind any of the others. So it's like, they're fine to exist, but uh, <clears throat> yeah. it's just, there's, there's something about the set that just really just rustles my jimmies. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, like there's a couple ways you can do. I mean, like it, it's just like it's kind of like a trifle of things that are layered on top of each other that mm-hmm. kind of I think attribute to that. There's um, the removal of that liminal design space where, you know, it's not going to really affect other formats. Um, there's the um, removal of sort of these meta jokes that have become iconic um, in unsets. I mean, you have maybe two cards in this set that come to mind that do that, which is gray merchant of alphabet, which is hysterical mm-hmm. um, and form of approach of the second son where you are the card or something. I think that's great. I think that's a great I, nod to I, magic players. I will say I did like the, I did like the creature uh, icing manipulator. I did think that was mm-hmm. funny, but uh, <laughs> maybe not, not as funny as the other two you mentioned, but yeah um anyhow but it just it's stuff like that like that may that warms the heart and makes me excited for an unset because it's it's like a nod to the people who are who are invested in this game like you you can you if you've been playing for like a certain if you've been playing commander for like a year and you pick it up you're like oh i i get this reference this is to gary you know iconic black card and that's really cool and really funny but because this set is so themed and charlotte actually brought this up i i wrote like a little mini google doc on twitter Uh, And Charlotte, she responded and she goes, I also had some similar thoughts. And she actually pointed out something that I didn't take into consideration was the fact that this set is so themed because it's so top down with that theming. Mm -hmm. It has removed the opportunity for those meta jokes to feel natural and have a place there. Mm -hmm. So they sacrificed these meta jokes that we've become used to for this strong top down theming that while interesting and a, a visually a very appealing and I think is a really cool idea for a plane, I, it feels like an, um, an eternal legal set with a couple joke cards rather than a joke set with eternal legal cards, which I think is how it should be. Yeah, I would agree with that. It lost its spirit. It, did. For it me. lost its spirit. It lost the spirit. And, and I know that sounds like really mean to say, but like, it just doesn't have it. It just feels kind of like, um, like a, like a mask of an unset mm-hmm. almost, which is disappointing because I love them, but it's interesting because like, I, I think top down design is like super cool and interesting, mm-hmm. but like this top down design feels, it feels like it's a different game. Does that make sense? Like, that is that is one of the things mm. that I I feel about. Uh, I mean, really, unsets in general is that they feel mm. like they're a different game 
that uses the base mechanics of how magic works and then is mm-hmm. completely different, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, it, it's just one of those things where it feels weird to try and push the, that into other formats. And unfortunately, because of, I, I don't want to be overly negative about things mm-hmm. because I don't like of being course. overly negative, but yeah. it's just like, it, it like I don't like to be like, Oh, you know, wizards is just doing this because of money because you know, they're mm-hmm. a business. Obviously everything that they do is financially motivated, but mm-hmm. like having a set like this, having a, having an unset feel, I think that might be my biggest qualm with it. The more that I'm like talking mm-hmm. this and realizing this, is that having an unset feel financially motivated mm-hmm. feels wrong because yeah. they have never been financially motivated. They've always been yeah. a love letter to the community, a love letter to the game. And yeah. instead we have a kind of shell of that, if that makes sense. I mean, we have to be honest and talk about the fact that there are shocks in this set. And that is a main driving force for people to pick this up is shocks. And I'm I'm not going to lie. Um, I think the shocks they did are beautiful. I think the foiling treatment that they're going to do with it are stunning. And the prices and pre-order prices for these shocks definitely convey that a thousand percent. Those are the main draws um, of shocks. And I... Um, I've seen a couple people get boxes and you're supposed to only get like one shock per box. I heard based on like, you know, the rarity, mm-hmm. but I've seen people get three to four and I'm like, that's, that's a pretty good draw. Right. Three to four shocks per box at what starting minimum, I think minimum 30. Don't quote me on this. Cause like you can probably like do like a little scryfall search, but um, I think it's like minimum 30 for like a nice full art shock. That's stunning. That's a stunning treatment. And they're, um, I was about to say, oh, they're standard legal, but they're not because I don't play standard and that's not eternal legal. But um, yeah, it's it's a little disappointing for me because I am I am that target audience. Like I, you know, like every time on Twitter, people are like, well, it wasn't made for you. It was made for me. Right. (laughs) And I got a little bit bummed because it doesn't it doesn't feel like it hits right. And that makes me sad, too, especially when you see the people who design this, you know, you know, they put like a lot of hard work and, and, and time and, and love into it. I mean, Morrow like loves unsets. Like that's like, like you can see the passion and the joy about that. So like for, for that to not be conveyed by the community makes me feel awkward. It makes me feel bad, especially as a creator. You know, I know that you said you don't want to be negative. I don't like being negative either. Right. I don't, I typically don't have a lot of negative things to say when it comes to, um, to magic and, card design and even sets really i think the only thing i've really said lately was like how a double feature was a major letdown yeah um because it was um but i i didn't feel comfortable saying that but for me for this this also is kind of like oh my gosh like i like i i struggled to find cards that i liked and i actually um i canceled a (laughs) pre-order for a box because i was like it makes me sad because the only thing i would really want from this would be um shocks and uh, you know pre-ordering a hundred some odd dollar box where i can only maybe maybe get one feels like a letdown especially when the rest of the set is kind of in my opinion n- very lackluster 
Um, I would rather just buy singles, which I don't like to do. You know, I like to, I like to buy boxes. I think it's fun. I buy one per set, but mm-hmm. for me, this one was a skip and, and that was very disappointing. I don't like doing that. I like to support my LGS. I like to support yep. the people who make the game. And for me, it just fell flat on a lot of different levels. And that makes me feel icky. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a really, it's, it's really disappointing. Uh, mm. to, to say the least. Uh, I, I, mm. I will say I, I I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. I I, just, I tweeted when they uh, revealed Space Bellerin. I was like, Wizards, mm-hmm. I know I've been asking you for a Jace preview card forever, but uh, thanks for not giving me this one. Uh- I did see you post that. I actually did see you post that because this was, the, and I think the thing is, like, I think Space Bellerin was like the first day of previews. I remember it was Kyle Hill's card, and Kyle posted that. I remember waking up, I I opened my phone. I saw, I was like, oh, wow, cool, a new Planeswalker. And then I saw literally, it's like that's one scene from, from Community where he's walking in with the pizza boxes and everything is on yeah. fire. And I just shut off my phone and I went, I'm going to take the day off today. Yeah. <laughs> There's sometimes uh, taking time off of uh, Twitter is a good you mean choice. All the time? Yeah. <laughs> all the time. Twitter's kind of the worst. It is the worst. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, like, other than that, like, let me pivot the conversation then a little bit to something more positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. As far as sets that are coming out, you know, mm-hmm. I know uh, this weekend, I guess by the time it comes out, the, the Warhammer stuff is coming out. We've got Brothers War around the corner. Are you excited for the Warhammer stuff? Yes, I'm excited. I don't know Warhammer. Okay. I don't play Warhammer. But I, I saw a darkness reprint and my soul left my body like that one Winnie the Pooh <laughs> gift. And I was like, I am ready. I slammed my money down and I was like, I don't care. I, <laughs> I'm excited. All I saw was uh, as soon as I saw this, like, it, like at first I was like, oh, there's some cool reprints in here. I don't really care about any of the like new cards, yeah. you know, whatever. Mm. Then I saw the vehicles or excuse me. I saw the new Buicks. The, Buicks, uh, the new yes. the new Buick models are are honestly <laughs> yeah, yeah. quite quite precious, um, mm. and then so you were brewing Urza last night. What was it like yeah. brewing around that card? Uh, it was weird because I chose. I think I chose genuinely the worst way to brew okay. it. Okay, <laughs> um, but I chose it because I wanted to, and that's my favorite thing about being a streamer is I can do things that I want to do, and no one can tell me not to. <laughs> Fuck you! It's my channel. <laughs> my channel i'll do it if i want um i brewed super friends because i was like i saw urza's as minus 10 and i was like hmm they tell you when you're deck building to not focus on a planeswalker's ultimate what if i only do that but he comes <laughs> and, in at two or at seven and can up and mm-hmm. can activate twice on a turn yes <laughs> it's so insane so i was like i gotta do this so i i brewed around him and i was like this is so sick like I the first play test I did, I was like, OK, guys, we have a lot of built in tutors so we can get the the might and weak stone so we can we can melt them. Let's do it. And then I drew for turn and I drew into the stone and I went, hmm, what's it like to be God's favorite? Like, I, was so, <laughs> I was so happy. And like you can pretty easily consistently melt him. I was actually quite surprised. I mean, the deck wasn't cheap by any means. It's definitely not a budget deck, but 
His ability is really nice. He's very smooth. Yeah. I like his cost reduction. I always should extend it to planeswalkers. I get flavorfully why that's not the case. Um, the activation twice per turn. I would actually forget to activate him twice because I'm so used to just doing Chandra's and just going up once. Right. But um, strong. I mean, when you once you flip him, you you get automatic blockers with those soldier tokens. You get card draw baked into him, which is great. Um, removal. I mean, like I love it. Like we we popped in an oath of Teferi, so you can activate the loyalty abilities even third more times. Time. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. Honestly, like I think he's a very interesting um commander. And if I probably built him decently, he probably would have been even stronger than where we were at. I I I think this is like unironically probably one of the better blue white commanders that they've printed in a really long time and i feel like they've yeah. printed some really just buck wild uh blue white commanders recently like we've got shorakai oh, yeah. we've got uh i mean it's like I, sten was in my uh arden Crom deck for like a whole afternoon uh mm-hmm. and then they uh announced this card and i was like well Stan, it was good knowing you. Uh, <laughs> like, what if we built you, but like God? But what if we, what if we put you in the ninety nine? What if you were in the ninety nine, but instead better? Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's interesting. I, I. So, do you have any like theories about? I was talking on Twitter earlier today. I know we're completely mm-hmm. off topic now. Yeah, uh, that's fine. It's, it's your show. It's your show. You can do what you want. Uh, like my stream. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I was talking with somebody on Twitter, I forget who it was, um, mm-hmm. earlier today, about like the story and what I think is mm-hmm. going to happen. Yeah, and like I made two realizations. One of which is that. I don't think it's unreasonable to think that Nicol Bolas will be coming back soon. Uh, and the and okay. Ugin, and the reason being is uh, I don't know if you've know if you've uh, looked up the some of the lore behind what the Phyrexians are doing and Martian machines and stuff like that. But they no. uh, are using the World Tree to basically like connect all the planes. Okay, that's terrifying. Yeah. I love and it. And so that's what March of the Machines <laughs> is going to be like the uh magic secret wars. And okay. my theory is they're going to try and get Nicol Bolas and Phyrexianize him. Oh, that's freaky. <laughs> I like that. Because I like that. It is a plane that you yeah. can access. Mm-hmm. Um it's technically cut off from the blind eternities from Ugin, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that the world tree couldn't presumably get there. Um, yeah. So that is a theory. And the reason it was, is uh, they recently just showed Nicol Bolas as a uh, Nicol Bolas God Pharaoh as a chibi. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The tinfoil hat comes out yeah. where the chibi walkers are going to be Phyrexianized. Well, two of them already have. And the second secret layer. So the theory I've seen running around is that the second chibi uh, secret layer 
is those are who are the good guys who won't get mm-hmm. uh, Phyrexianized. And then they were like, oh, here's this Nicol Bolas dragon god. Don't worry about this, guys. And I feel in my bones that they are going, that the Phyrexians are going to try and Phyrexianize Nicol Bolas. Okay, okay. I feel okay. in my bones they're going to try and complete him. The <laughs> other thing that I think is going to happen mm-hmm. is Urza is going to notice his student Teferi, who is at the time of the Brothers' War quite young, mm-hmm. um, or maybe not even alive yet. Um, but he's going to notice Teferi popping up doing timey wimey bullshit. Yeah. And be like, something's up with that and hitch a ride back to the future and create a new timeline. <laughs> uh, and I think that it, I, I think this whole arc that they're preparing right now is so that mm-hmm. they can completely hard reset the universe. OK, OK, so, oh, God, that stresses me out because like I'm looking at I'm looking at the key art they released for March of the Machines um, and you can see Essica, you can see Chandra, Minotaur Man, I don't know, um, one of the dragons from Kamigawa, you got Baral, you got that, uh, I think her name is not Glissa. Oh, that's uh, She's Bor- the- Borborygmos is who uh, that Bor- that is. And the girl who does plant stuff, she's from she's from Strixhaven. I don't remember her name. Yeah. Um, but that's interesting because this is like the infinity war of like magic, I suppose. Um, I think it's very interesting that we're getting that from Brothers War because in my mind, I'm like from the minimum of lore I have from, you know, before I was alive. Um, Brothers War, th- what we're experiencing in this next upcoming set has like already happened in history. It's right. like ancient history. Yeah. So the the jump from that to March of the Machines makes me intrigued because I'm like, hmm, all right. I still I know it's probably not going to happen, but now you've you've I already told you my theory on my stream. I'm going to tweak my theory after hearing your theory. We're going to we're going to meld those theories okay. together like Urza. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> paid seven. Uh- <laughs> yeah, I paid seven. Um, I want I want Nicol Bolas to be <laughs> possessed. By the spirit of Yogmoth, how oh my god sick would that be? How sick would that be? Or, if they like had him, or who would it be? Uh, who's the who? Who did they say the Raven Man is? Uh, it's uh, I don't shoot. Know. No, they just said who the they just in the lore said who the Raven Man is. Uh, He's elusive, like my father. So oh my god, Chase. <laughs> uh, it's Limpool. Dad, I know you hear my content. I'm sorry. So it, Wait, who'd you say? It, 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 another uh, theory is because uh, so Limdul is who the Raven Man is. Oh, and so and part of Liliana's story in uh, Dominaria United is mm. stopping the Phyrexians from like getting to Limdul because he's trying to stop them from getting to him because yeah. he knows that. Well, one, he doesn't want to be, you know, completed. But two, he also like mm-hmm. uh, does wants to take over the world himself. Uh, well, he should just hide in his vault. I mean, he has one. Oh my gosh! It and <laughs> it, it just take. He just needs to hold priority and take forever to resolve his spell. Yeah, easy um, peasy. 
But I, I actually, your theory, I bet it would be Limduel if they were going to do that. That'd be so sad. That would be sweet. And especially since uh, Bolas has technically lost his name. So if they brought mm-hmm. Limduel back by like having him uh, like inhabit Nicol Bolas's body. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And then Kai is the hero because she's a ghost assassin. Yes. And. That's how they. Oh, my God. Did we just predict? I think I would love it if that happened. I'm so sorry. This turned into a Vorthos episode and I'm so here for it. I Um, am, too. Also, I love that we're going to get Deadpool in in, in freaking War of March of the Machines. It took me forever to realize that was Brawl. That is that is some Deadpool looking. <laughs> I, I think it's wild that uh, Brawl and Chandra are going to be on the same side. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I don't know if you've read the story of Kaladesh, but uh, I have. I those have. two don't get along. Uh, well, I would say that they have uh, quite a little bit of a peeve against one another. I would say they've had a little <laughs> bit of history. Uh, well, yeah, you know, and and not and not like you know. There, th- I don't think this is going to be an enemies to lovers situation anytime this soon. This is so a very like a hella weird. This is very much a well, we either die or we work together situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like like that's the oh god what's that audio in tiktok where he goes i'm a villain not a monster <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that's what brawl's gonna say well that about wraps things up for us here on this week's episode of the mind sculptors thank you so much for tuning in i also want to thank our top tier patrons Justin, Adam Hamden, David Sneevely, Dionichis, Jason Bialik, Matt Boehner, and Senior Coupon. Thank you to everybody who supports us, and thank you again for joining us. And from all of us here at the Mind Sculptors, I'm Callahan, and we'll see you next time.